I am a high performance coach, I'm an author, and I'm a speaker. Welcome back to another episode. This week is a wonderful episode with one of my dear friends, Tom Telesco, who is a leadership coach. And he has been coaching people for a long, long time. And so we get to talk about that world. We also get to talk a little bit about um, leadership and failure because for the last many years, Tom Telesco has been uh, working by the side of John Maxwell. And if you don't know who John Maxwell is, all you have to do is Google the word leadership. He's an expert. And so Tom has had the opportunity to learn a lot about business and leadership and business growth from John Maxwell and from that community. So I hope that you love this episode. Let's dive right in. Welcome to the Small Business Storytellers, the podcast designed for business owners, marketers, and entrepreneurs wanting to make an impact through the work that they do. I'm your host, Seth Silvers, and my passion is building brands that last by marketing with stories. On this podcast, we share stories with you of people who are growing their businesses the right way, and we teach you how to grow what you're doing through storytelling and authentic marketing. Let's get started. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Small Business Storytellers. I am here with my friend Tom Telesco. Tom, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic, Seth. Thanks for having me on today. Absolutely. Tom and I have known each other for a couple of years. Um, and a few years ago, we started uh, working together on a project related to a book that him and his now wife um, were working on at the time. And we've just continued a friendship uh, ever since. I actually, actually, we had talk to each other a lot virtually like we are today. Yeah. And then about a year ago, I saw him across the room at a conference. And I was like, wait a second, we need to actually shake hands and meet. And talk. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, Tom, give our listeners some context for just who you are and what, what is your business? What are you up to right now? Absolutely. I, I'd like, before I do that though, Seth, I want to clarify that we had never seen each other like right. on video or anything face to face. And when we were at that one conference, I don't know what it was about you. Maybe it's that you were wearing the same shirt you're wearing right now or something that looked very similar, but I'm like, I have a feeling that that is Seth Silvers. <laughs> and I came up to you without knowing. And sure enough, there you were. So it was incredible. Because <laughs> it's funny how things like that work. Yeah. You know what? And, and I think that in, in the thought leader space and when you're, when you're working with people, you do get that connection, even if it's just through the power of your voice on telephone calls or conferences. Um, but in, in my world, Seth, I, I have the great opportunity. Um, I am a high performance coach. I'm an author and I'm a speaker. Um, I also have had the great opportunity to be part of the teaching faculty for John Maxwell's global leadership company. Um, so my wife, Tanya and I, we have the op opportunity to speak into the lives of over 30,000 people in over 160 countries. And it's been so powerful to be able to impact people's lives with personal development, leadership development, helping them cast vision for how they're going to impact the world. That's awesome. So who are the main people that you're coaching? Because there's a, there's a million people out there that yeah. say they're coaches. So yeah. who are like, who's the dream person that you would be able to bring the most value to? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. And I was thinking about that a little bit before we got on today. Um, you know, there's, there's two groups of people that I love to work with. And a lot of people would think that they're opposite ends of the spectrum, which really they are. 
but there's something that exists in both of them and it's a fire inside of them. I love to work with emerging leaders and aspiring entrepreneurs. That's one side of the spectrum. But I also love working with people who I, I coined as being seemingly successful. These are the people that are at the top of their game and they've hit every goal and metric and KPI that they've set out for themselves, whether they're entrepreneurs, whether they're thought leaders, whether they're CEOs owning companies or people in the faith-based community, but they've hit the top of the mountain and they're asking themselves, what is next? The thing I love about both of those groups is that if you can dial in to what they're calling their messages inside of them, then you can turn up that pilot light into a burning flame. So the people that are mm. at the top, sometimes their flame just starts to melt down a little bit mm. after they've reached the top. But if you can reignite that in, in them, it's the same thing as working with those people that are aspirational trying to get to the next level of leadership or start a business or maybe be an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. That's uh, that. I like that phrase seemingly successful, even though I hope I'm never there. No, <laughs> uh, we all get there. At some yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously this podcast is a lot about stories and yeah. my whole business is around marketing with stories and the, yeah. this belief that getting a story out there is the way and really understanding your story, understanding how to use our customers' stories, our own stories, the importance of that. When you're working with these people that are seemingly successful, yeah. I imagine that there's probably some stories they've been telling themselves that are not true yeah. uh, or that they think are true that have probably led them to this place. How do you talk to me a little bit about like, as you're starting to work with somebody that, you know, they arrive at this mm -hmm. place that they thought they wanted to be, and then they realize, wait, this isn't really what I thought it would be. Um, how, how does the story they're telling themselves play into that transformation you walk them through? Well, I think that the story is probably one of the most important things. And there's a reason for that. You know, we go through our lives daily and we are creating a story. A lot of times when people set out on a mission, um, they have a vision for something that they want to accomplish. They have to create a story of what that vision for the future looks like. And then they spend their days living up to that, whether it's, you know, setting goals or maybe avoiding some things that are holding them back from that. So over a period of time, those stories develop, but sometimes they get lost in the story. They're hitting everything that they need to do to get to that place that they're heading, heading to, but they forget maybe they lose vision or clarity mm. of the vision that they set out, or maybe along the way they start to realize that things aren't what they want, but they set the goal. So now they're focused on the goal instead of the journey. And when that happens, they keep pushing towards a goal they set without recalibrating what it might look like because you got to think about this, Seth. Sometimes when we set goals, if we don't hit that exact goal, we th there's a great quote. This will speak into that. I had gone through two very difficult periods of time in my life. And um, I remember a quote from Earl Nightingale where he said that success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Um, he said ideal, this was back in the 50s, but right. the quote is, success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. Now, in my pursuit of my goal, 
somewhere along the way, that quote changed to success is the realization of the goal, hmm. not the progressive realization. Okay. So if the goal didn't, the, the results didn't look exactly like the goal I set, I automatically defaulted to thinking it was failure. Right. Because I forgot to remember. <laughs> right. That's a good way to say it. I forgot to remember that success is not a destination. It's a progression. So how do you, I guess my, my question is, is why? Why would you say that, um, like, I'd love to hear you in your experience defend that a little mm -hmm. bit of that success is not reaching the goal, mostly because our audience is so, I mean, our audience is business owners, people that are creating things, yep. starters. And so, so, I mean, everybody can relate to, especially, I mean, we're recording this on January 2nd. Yep. So everybody's, you know, thinking about everything they're going to accomplish yeah. this next year. And so and everybody has hit that place where they don't hit the goal and they feel like they're a failure. So yeah. like give a little support behind this concept because it's a little bit different. You're, you're telling a different story than we tell ourselves of, yeah. Hey, the success is in the journey, not in the achievement. I'd love yeah. to hear a little bit more about that. Cause yeah, that's fascinating. Well, yeah. You know, so I'm going to have, I'm going to have to take you over a few decades and I'll try to keep it as tight as possible. <laughs> um, in 2012, I received a call from a Chinese lady from Switzerland <laughs> who had seen a testimonial video I had done when I was living in Las Vegas. Mm. And it was right after the real estate bubble burst. And I was investing in real estate pretty strongly and I got wiped out financially. And, but she heard um, some of the, the messages that were coming through when I gave the testimonial and she contacted me and she said, I know you don't know me, but, the Lord told me in my prayer time that I had to reach out to you for you to tell your story hmm. because there are men and women who are at the top of their game that are failing right now in this economy and they need to have a message of hope. So where, where does that relevant? Well, it goes back to 1996. The first time I heard Zig Ziglar speak from a stage, I knew when I listened to Zig that, that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I wanted to inspire and encourage people to reach their dreams. But shortly after that, two years after that, I started pursuing that goal. Um, I had a medical condition that almost took me out for the count. Hmm. And in that, there was a lot of failure. Okay. Remember, we talked about the progression of a dream. So when I set out to maybe start to develop the craft of becoming a speaker or a coach. Um, and then I hit that two year period of time where pretty much my life was halted by a medical condition. I all of a sudden thought that I was a failure. Hmm. What's worse than that was the fact that I thought that that story of defeat defeated my purpose to go out and try to inspire others to do that. Why? Because, you know, when we see people that are successful in their business or their faith walker or they're on stages or on TV, we think that the road that, to, that they took to get there was seamless. It's usually not. It's the stories of defeat that I believe are the strongest stories. When you can see somebody overcome something, that is what you need to learn from. So over that period of time from 1996 to 2012, I had reached what I call the pinnacle of success twice in my life. 
Hmm. Only to have lost it all twice. But here's the thing. When she had called me, I had already been hearing a whisper in my spirit or my heart, however you want to call it, to find your voice. Now, that's what you help people do with their story. Finding your voice is one of the most important things that you can do. Because, you know, when people succeed or fail, they sometimes say, don't go back and look at your past too long. But if you can look at your past and remove the emotions from it and study what has worked or maybe what has tripped you up along the way, then you can start to find the clues that have been helped you become successful, the things you can avoid, but they're also things you can teach other people. Hmm. So after five years from 2012 to 2017, I wrestled with writing my story and I ended up publishing the book. It was called champion your life, 10 power principles to navigate life's punches and achieve your dreams. Now it didn't take me five years to write the book. It took me five years to have the courage to release the book hmm. telling the stories of defeat. Hmm. So when I wrote the book, the thing that attracted people to me and me coaching them or coming in to do trainings for their company right. and things like that wasn't the success stories. It was the stories of defeat. Why? Because hmm. they could relate to that. Success and failure are on a continuum or a pendulum right. swings back and forth where we end up on any given day or any given year could be different than where we were before. Yeah. I love that. I love that aspect of analyzing your journey and looking back at the things you've learned and then almost looking at those lessons yeah. as, I mean, they're really there. Those lessons from your failures are assets that you can use in your future, you know, your future endeavors, which yeah. then helps you get closer to your future goals. Absolutely. We we kind of just skated over something at the very beginning, which is sure. that you, you know, you and Tanya are, are on the teaching team with John Maxwell. Yep. Um, for those listeners that are not familiar with the John Maxwell team um, or John Maxwell, uh, I, you must have never read a leadership book in your life. Um, but John Maxwell is one of the, I mean, most famous and you know outright leadership authors and leadership voices over the last i don't even know 30 40 years my whole lifetime um and so john maxwell has you know his coaching team where did you say thirty thousand? yeah we're we're at about thirty thousand people right now we're growing all the time okay um but one of the greatest things about the john maxwell team and their program is that it equips people to be either trainers speakers or coaches mm -hmm. Um, we had a very unique opportunity. Um, I've been in the space of the DISC model of human behavior for since 2007. And I actually met my wife at one of the trainings I did out here in Dallas in 2014. Um, but we had a unique opportunity to help them, uh, the John Maxwell team, build out the Maxwell method of DISC. And I believe that understanding your personality style um, and how you are wired is right. In my life, in my life, we say it this way, it's the second most important information that we have ever learned and utilized in our lives, second only to our faith. Hmm. Um, you know, our faith gives us a very strong foundation in who we are and what we're called to do. But understanding how we were wired at birth and how we operate with other people 
in our own businesses, in our personal right. relationships at home, that can change your results automatically. Right. Now there's a lot of free assessments out there and yeah. things that you can use to understand yourself. But if you don't have someone walk through that assessment with you and really help you hone in on your strengths and maybe either smooth over some of the weaknesses or work to build them up, um, you're setting yourself at a disadvantage because right. just like your stories from the past define who you're going to be in the future, potentially. So does the way that you're wired. Yeah, I totally, I totally would agree with that. And I think that um, real quickly on that, I, I look at the, you know, understanding your personality and how you've been uniquely made. I'm wearing glasses here. It's mm -hmm. like, it's like lenses. It's like glasses where sure you don't is. know how clearly you're looking at things, but once you put on glasses that help you see the world and see how you interact with it more clearly, you, you can't go back. You can't unsee those things clearly and stuff. So I love that you guys have been working with that. The reason I mentioned John Maxwell is because I'm curious to, as we've been talking about failure, I'm curious to what you've learned about failure from being very close in proximity yeah. to one of the um, one of the leaders in leadership and one of the most prominent voices and authors of leadership. And so, um, yeah, what what are some things that you've learned? And obviously, this isn't a hey, where's John Maxwell failed? But I'm sure that you've just learned a lot around the concept of failure because I know he talks about it too. So, what are some yeah things that you've learned about the importance of failure from being close to John Maxwell? Well, you know, it, it comes down to one of the titles, titles of his book that I probably read <clears throat> in the early 2000s. Um, but for those of you that don't know who John Maxwell is, just remember the name. And here's, here's why I say that. If you go into any books, uh, any um, airport store where they sell books, um, he usually has his own rounder. He's got over a hundred some odd books on leadership and personal development. And you'll see, oh yeah, I, I probably have heard of this guy. He's got to be one of the only ones where, one of the only people alive, uh, where literally anywhere in the world that books are sold, whether it's used, new, airport, anything, he yeah. has books. Yeah. And, and it's so powerful. And, and I, I do, I love the airport part of that because every airport I go, it's not that he doesn't just have one or two books up on the shelves. He's got around, he's usually got around her by himself mm -hmm. with 15 different titles on there. And they're great reads. They're easy. They're not management books. They're leadership books. Right. There's a big difference there. Um, but the title of one of John's books is called Failing Forward. I mean, straight up in regards to learning um, from failure and learning from John in, 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 um, in the space that I've been, I've been around John now since 2011. And one of the greatest things that I have learned from John is that when you have a belief and you have a vision for things, there is power in taking imperfect action to get to where you want to go. Now, you may not always have success, but if you fail for, if there is a failure and you fail forward, you've made a progressive um, you, you've moved progressively forward and you see what works and what doesn't work. Hmm. Um, one of the, one of the greatest things, well, uh, there's really a bunch of things that I can group together for John from John's content. But I think that the biggest, um, the biggest lessons that I have learned, um, are, are around intentionality and awareness. 
Mm. Like if you can become aware of what you want to do as a business owner, as a ministry leader, as an entrepreneur, as a parent, if you can identify where you want to go and you mm-hmm. have an awareness of where you are, that sort of ties into what we talked about with the DISC model of human behavior. A lot of people look at themselves without that type of a tool and they think they may be a failure based on comparing themselves to a spouse or someone else that's in the same workspace they're in, but they don't recognize that you may, you're, you're just wired different. Mm-hmm. You receive information different. You communicate different. You set goals different. But once you have an awareness of where you want to go and how you're equipped or who you're going to equip yourself with mm-hmm. in that journey to help you get there, that is the first step of power. The second is being intentional with everything you do from that point on. Mm. You know, if we, if we remember that quote, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal, it sort of takes like some of the weight off your shoulders, right. thinking that it has to be exactly the way John, John Joe business over here or Sally, Sally's you know, success model. It, we don't have to run the same race. We just have to advance what we're trying to do. And that's why I love what you're doing, helping people really mine the gold in their stories and how it can not only help them in their mindset and what they're doing with their lives right now, but growing and building things Mm -hmm. as well, like their businesses. What as a, as a business coach, um, Mm -hmm. who, how, how do you, how are you coached? I, I'm sure that you run into coaches oftentimes that, you know, fall into the area of being the like It's like the parable of the bread maker in the poor town where everybody, everybody needs bread. So this bread maker is just making bread all day. Yep. Um, and he feeds the whole town. And then at the end of the day realizes he needs some bread and doesn't have anything to make anymore. And he ends up, he ends up uh, dying because <laughs> he doesn't have bread. And I'm sure you see variations of that parable all the time where people are, you know, we're coaching everybody. about ourselves. So where do you go for coaching? Where do you go for leadership? Well, that, that, that's, that's a great question. Um, I am very intentional about having other thought leaders, um, to speak into my life at all times. It was, it was incredible. Um, a few years back, it was probably right around the time you and I started talking maybe to 2016 or 20 or probably 2017, 2018. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the CEO of John six companies was actually my coach. Um, and, and that was, it was funny because in my request to him and having him coach me was this, I don't want to know anything about John Maxwell. I don't want to know anything about any of the six entities. I won't, this is what I want. And if you can agree, like I'm, I'm laying out the, the rules, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is sort of risky in that space. But I said, all I want to do is I want to learn how to operate at the highest levels of leadership with character, integrity, authenticity, and transparency and a servant's heart or mm. five things. And I sort of, it went quiet when I had, when I made the ask and he said, okay. That's what we'll do. So here's the cool thing. When John was writing the book, Developing the Leader Within You 2.0, he had written the copy of that 25 years earlier. Right. This new book has been almost completely revamped. But he was actually, as he was writing the book, he was coaching the CEO of his companies through the content. Hmm. Well, unbeknownst to me, my request lined up with the chapters in the book. 
So mm. he was coaching me through that content before the book was released, before I knew that was the case. Um, so that was a great um, experience in itself. But here's the thing, Seth, also believe that we need to have different coaches or mentors or thought leaders helping us in different areas of our life as well. Mm. Um, I spend a lot of time in self-study. Um, I also have other people that mentor me, maybe when it comes to marketing um, or when it comes to, you know, expanding your business or maybe your faith-based platform um, or just, you know, quite simply in, in building out your business. How do you expand right. your reach? So it's important. Um, I know that in the coaching space, there's a lot of people that call themselves coaches. They're not trained to be a coach. Um, they're more mentorish, um, yeah. which is fine, which is fine at certain levels. Um, one of the things that's unique about my coaching practice is I understand where people are in the journey and what they've gone through before. Sometimes mm -hmm. like those seemingly successfuls, they don't need to be brought through a regimented coaching program, but they need a thinking partner. Mm -hmm. They need yeah, someone that's true. to bounce ideas, their ideas or their thoughts or their feelings off of to say, Hmm, have you ever looked at it from this perspective? Yeah, they put, they probably need somebody who's not just going to be a yes man. Exactly. Because exactly. if you're, once you hit a certain level of success, a lot of people surround themselves with people that just go with whatever they want. Very so do you think that um, every young business owner, entrepreneur, marketer, people that are building things and wanting to kind of build their own future, build their own opportunities, does everybody need a coach? And if so, why? Um, I believe, I believe that you do. Now in this, in this day and age, we're in a unique space. Mm -hmm. um, what do I mean by that? The competition for coaches is much greater. Why? The reason I say that is because of the volume of people that call themselves coaches. Now I'm sure there's a ton of good coaches out there, but there's also the whole idea of self-teaching through online training programs and things like that. I believe that you can have a lot of success studying things online, like through an online digital program, like a 30 day, some type of teaching thing to help you become a better marketer, things like that. But Seth, I believe that there is power um, in having someone that is standing with you as mm -hmm. you envision your future. Right. That's what a coach does. They're gonna help you see some things that maybe you're not aware of, and they're going to help you get past things at an accelerated pace. So yes, through intent and desire, you could take an online training program that sort of coaches you through something. Um, but what's going to happen is over a period of time, your level of intensity and commitment is going to decrease. You may get through a program, but you may not finish with the same fire you had when you started. Having someone that is committed to your growth in your progression to get to where you want to go at the, maybe in the quickest way possible or mm -hmm. with the most effectiveness at the end of the journey is powerful. So I do believe everybody needs a coach or someone to speak into their life that can challenge them to the next level. What would you recommend to help people navigate all of the people that say they're coaches? Like if somebody, if there's a young person who's wanting to hire a coach or, you know, they see a bunch of people online that say they're coaches are there some questions or maybe some filters that we should be thinking through when actually hiring somebody to be a business coach? 
Well, obviously, um, you know, you can see the fruit. I mean, obviously there are people out there that can make a website look really good and things like that. Um, the, the, the one thing I love about, you know, the internet and social media and in media and things like that is that you can really start to find, you can listen to people's voices, um, mm -hmm. without actually inquiring within, um, whether it's on YouTube videos or even a podcast like this, you can really get to know somebody's heart and their desire or, or what their intent is like being on this podcast today. I'm blessed because we have a friendship. Mm -hmm. um, I'm on this podcast with you because I trust you and I have heard you speak of the vision of what you're trying to do for people. So for me, um, if I were looking for you to coach me on how to develop my stories and things like that, it wouldn't be, there wouldn't be an issue because I've heard your voice. I can sense your heart and I can tell your expertise from listening to your other podcasts as well. So I think that if you're looking for specific questions, of course, you can Google, what are some great questions to ask a coach? But I do believe in the power of association. I believe in the power of referrals. And I believe in the power of doing your homework to see what's going to be a good fit for you. Because just like we all have different personality styles and we need to be motivated in different ways, there are certain people that I would look to as a coach that may be able to get results, but that's all they care about. Mm -hmm. They don't care about me as a person. They care about the end goal. Or there may be somebody that could be my best friend, but they don't have the wisdom and the vision to get me to the goal. So right. I think you have to, it's a fine dance. It's a, it's a tight, tight rope that you need to navigate. Yeah, absolutely. Along your journey, you know, you talked about your coach and mm -hmm. different coaches along the ways, and you mentioned you're a reader. Uh, what have just been some really helpful, like, are there any resources that have stood out? just on your journey that have been extremely helpful, whether it's, you know, maybe it's a conference you went to, maybe it's books, maybe it's podcasts, whatever it might be. What are some resources that stand out that have particularly made Tom, Tom? Well, I'm probably the wrong person to ask that question to because I have like a whole warehouse full of, um, experiences in, in, right. in, in that space, as well as in reading um, and things like that. Interesting story. When I was, um, when I was uh, like about nine or 10 years old, one night I was up in the bunk bed. My brother was in the bunk bed down below and I heard my mom crying and you know, obviously we were all asleep, but I heard my mom crying in her, in her room and I didn't know what was going on. My dad was a police officer and he used to work the night shift. So when you, as a police officer's kid, when you wake up in the middle of the night, you hear your mom calling, you're always afraid of that call. Mm. Like something happened. Well, I got out of my bed and I, I walked out into the hall and I looked into the crack of my mom's bedroom. bedroom um, and I could see her on the bed with her legs crossed her head was in her hands and she had this accordion envelope, like for people nowadays, they wouldn't know probably what that is. Um, but she had all these envelopes as well on the bed where she would put the money to pay the bills. Like back then we didn't have the internet bill pays and things mm -hmm. like that. And um, I knew in that moment that my dad was okay, but there was a money problem. And that was the day I think that being um, an entrepreneur was birthed in me. Now I said I was nine or 10 years old. I was actually nine. Um, but at that point in time, an event caused me to say, how can I contribute to this? Mm 
Hmm. How can I? So I started going out and doing all kinds of odd jobs, cutting lawns, raking leaves, shoveling driveways, cleaning garages, painting houses, like from nine years old until I was 15 years old, I would do stuff like that to offset the financial responsibilities my parents had for me. Hmm. Okay. So this goes to your question. What happened when I was 15 years old? Well, I knew at some point in time, the jobs were getting bigger and I knew eventually it would translate into something. Um, when I was 16 years old, I got asked by a person that owned a car dealership if we did any commercial cleaning. So I went into his office to talk to him about what that would entail. And I had no clue what to do. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and, but he saw my fire sort of like the coaching question. Yeah. He knew I had expertise. I got referred into him by someone else. I was doing odd jobs for that, their, their company. And he said, I would like to give you the opportunity to get our cleaning contract. This is what we would pay you per week. Um, but this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to pay me $89 um, to get this package that I give all my salespeople. And I'm like, whatever, what is it? What is it? And he pushed <laughs> it across the desk. It was in a clamshell back then. Um, it was a book with four tapes and it was Think and Grow Rich. Huh. And I was like, well, I don't want to grow rich, but if I can get this job, like I was raised yeah. in a family where we didn't have money. Right. Know? Um, and I, I did, I went, I didn't have the month, the cash to give them. So I went home and rode my bike home, got a check from my mom, bought that. And that was my first cleaning contract. By the time I, the end of my first year in business, I had 35 people working for me. Wow. It was the principles and techniques I learned in that book that taught me how to make decisions. It taught mm -hmm. me how to have organized planning and persistence and things like that. Within one year in that business, I ended up getting 15 commercial contracts across the city. My mom went and bought me a book called How to Build Your Commercial. It, it, Seth, this was a book. It looked like on the old typewriters. Mm -hmm. It was typed out, terrible <laughs> graphics. And it was like, I don't even know how it was bound. So books have generally it have led me my whole life. Mm -hmm. One thing has led to the other. Um, in regards to what is the best book? I mean, I, I've got a secret weapon that I use. Um, it's the Bible. Yeah. Um, and here's the cool slant on that. I use the John Maxwell Leadership Bible um, because when I'm reading what's most important to me, which is my faith and trying to develop as a Christian man um, and a man with morals and character and integrity, there's leadership lessons in there as well. And John, like there's a pop out. Mm -hmm on those pages where it talks about how that's effective in leadership and growth. Hmm. So that's one of my secret weapons. That's great. Yeah. What, what are you reading right now? What books are you, what books are you in this moment? Wow. I'm reading some stuff by Caroline leaf, which is about um, mindset um, okay. the brain neuroplasticity of the brain. I'm reading high performance habits by Brennan Burchard, the master plan of evangelism from 1950. I have got hundreds of books. Um, I don't read one book at a time. I read okay. like I read in three different genres at okay. all times. Interesting. So I'm in and out. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Faith, business, mindset. So, to the listeners, like I said, entrepreneurs, small business owners, mm -hmm. um, what would your what would your main or primary piece of advice be to young or new business owners? Um, set your vision. 
Hmm. Make it plain on tablets. You know, you need to write your vision down. Um, this is something I remember one of the last time, I don't want to say one of the last times, but uh, it was the day that the, we had the 9-11 tragedy. I was writing out my vision for that year. And then I found out 9-11 happened. I stopped writing my goals out for like three or four years after that. Here's hmm. the thing. If you know the direction you're headed, you're probably going to end up getting there. You know, I, I know I'm going north instead of south. <laughs> um, but as a business owner or someone that's trying to achieve their goals, you're going to head in the right direction without having things clearly written out. The journey is going to take you longer. If you don't have them written out, you're going to get distracted more often. You need to get your goals written down on paper. You need to bounce those ideas off of somebody that's credible in regards to that knows the way that you're going. Um, a lot of times, and I write about it in one of my chapters in, in the book, is that sometimes we have to change our friends. We have to change the people that are surrounding us because they, they're not thinking the way we are. Mm -hmm. And they, they may end up distracting us or holding us back from our vision. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that is true. I've been hearing, I've been hearing a lot of, a lot of people say that recently about being willing to really choose who you want to spend time with and uh, not yeah. just letting your friendships happen to you. So yeah. uh, it's funny. I've heard that. I've heard that many times in the last week. <laughs> so maybe, maybe, maybe I need to say, maybe yeah. It's a word in two seasons. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I need to say no or say yes to certain people <laughs> in my life. Uh, how can people get in touch with you and what's the best way for people to find you and get, you know, stay up to date with what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have two websites. One is my corporate website for corporate coaching and, um, you know, what I do with the Maxwell leadership team and disc that's uh, telescoleadership.com. And then my personal brand, the champion, your life brand, um, that, that information and content can be found at Thomas telesco.com. Uh, last name is spelled telesco T E L E S C O. Um, awesome. Yeah. So those are the great get in contact. Well, thank you so much for, for joining us today. I really appreciate it. There's a million more questions I would like to ask uh, about your journey just because you've had the opportunity to do and see so much. But thank you for letting us peek into your brain a little bit and some of the lessons that you've learned along the way. Mm -hmm. I think that it'll be really valuable for our audience. So thank you so much, Tom. Yeah, I do hope so. And here's the thing. Um, you know, I, I, in our, in our discussion, you know, I took you back to 1996 and now we're in, uh, 2020. Um, if I never got that phone call from the Chinese lady from Switzerland, <laughs> or if I didn't pay attention to the whisper I heard to find your voice, those stories would be, you know, just ideas that were way back not not developed, not thought through. Right. I think what you're doing, Seth, helping people really explore the power of story. When you spend some time studying your history, you're going to set your future. Mm -hmm. So keep doing what you're doing as well, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it greatly. This podcast was produced by Story On Media and Marketing, and our passion is helping small businesses use stories to grow their business, and we create a community that helps you do just that. So if you don't have the budget to hire a big agency, but you really want to learn how to navigate online marketing, 
how to tell better stories, and really how to build a brand that lasts, then our program, Success With Stories Elite, is for you. Every single week, we give you new trainings, content ideas, and content blueprints to make marketing with stories easy. To join our community, head over to www.successwithstories.com elite, or just click on the link in our show notes. Again, that's successwithstories.com elite. Have an awesome day and let us know what you loved about this episode by leaving a review on iTunes or your favorite podcasting platform. Thank you so much. My name is Seth Silvers and I will see you next time.